I hope that you are having such a nice day wherever you are right now. For me, I'm sitting in my office and I'm surrounded by packing boxes and misplaced furniture and stacks of things that need organized and put away because I've just moved into my new home. And as I'm in this place of ending a chapter of my life and starting off on a whole new beginning, I've been thinking a bit about what I took from that experience of living in a foreign country for the last number of years and what I gained from that, how that essentially, what that taught me. And I've come up with three things that I think are, have certainly enriched and strengthened my life and who I am, but I think actually apply to our day-to-day life wherever you are, whether you're going through the motions of going to your work, talking with your partner, parenting, doing whatever it is that you're doing in your world, whether that's the close and familiar or embarking out on a whole new experience and adventure. These three things have really changed so much for me. So you are listening to the Bold as Love podcast. I'm your host, April Boyd, and I'm a therapist coach, couples counselor, and breathwork facilitator. And I started this podcast because I wanted to be able to have more conversations and create a bigger circle where we talk about how we show up, how we speak up, how we navigate moments of conflict, moments of rift and repair, (laughs) whether we're talking to the people that we absolutely adore and love and who make those conversations really easy, or whether we're having to navigate those spaces of tension or misunderstanding with the people that trigger us and push our buttons. This is a place where we talk about how we show up and speak up with more kindness, confidence, and courage, where we allow ourselves to practice being more seen and known in our lives. So thank you for being here. So as I think about really what I took from this experience of living in a foreign country, what that really forced me to tap into or evolve in my own self, one of the things that really came up for me time and time again, and I would say this as advice to new people that were moving into the area, that First and foremost, I learned a lot about surrendering control. And I'm curious what reaction comes up for you, even when you hear those words, surrendering control. If you're like most people, I think there's often kind of this instant wave of like frustration and resistance that comes up when we hear those words, because we often kind of Well, it doesn't feel good, right? To think about essentially letting our guard down and letting things flow as they flow. Most of us, and especially for people that tend to run a little bit high on the anxiety scale of things, control is our sense of safety. I remember way back in the day making plans with somebody at the time And we're kind of going back and forth in our conversation about things. And this person said to me, wow, April, like you really need a lot of control. And like at the time I was like, what on earth are they talking about? Because that was not at all what I saw as being my intention 
right? I thought we were just trying to get clear on like what the plan was, right? What's the plan? I don't care what's happening. I just need to know the plan. And in hindsight, looking back on that, I wanted, I did want a lot of details. I wanted to know. And that I think is often what we're looking for when we're operating in this place of looking for a need for control. I just want to know. And when we look at that and kind of dig into that, and when I dig into that kind of feeling with my clients from time to time, what I often kind of find is, you know, when people are in this place of, I just need to know what's happening. I just want to know what to expect. I just kind of need to have it like a picture in my mind of like what's going to happen and how it's going to unfold. So I'm ready. What we really kind of tap into is a lack of trust for your own self. I don't necessarily trust that I'm going to be able to take care of myself when I get there. I need to know ahead of time, right? And this is one of the ways that we kind of armor up and protect ourselves. But living in a foreign country, there was so much that was very obvious that I had absolutely no control over right? I did not speak the language. The Turkish language was actually incredibly difficult language to learn for most English speakers. And I would say, especially for me as somebody who is not good at languages, and it was just beyond reach for me. So I was navigating my life, you know, everything I was doing, going to the grocery store, going to the Camaralty markets, right? Wandering around through this place. It was my new home without any words or language to help me out, right? I could count to 10 and name like some fruits and vegetables at the market. Like that was about it. And so what I realized is that we all kind of have these expectations in our mind of here's what's happening or here's what I want. But without language or knowing really where I am, right? The norms and culture customs there, I would be like, okay, here's what I think I just ordered for lunch. (laughs) But here's the meal I got, right? Or here's what I had planned for my day to look like, but here's how it actually played out. Here's where I thought I was going to go, but here's where I got dropped off. (laughs) And so through all of these times, what it really just taught me was that, you know, we can grip onto what we thought things should look like. Ooh, here's what I wanted for lunch. This isn't what I wanted. Or we can make that switch and say, Here's what's actually happening. Here is what is already unfolded. And the faster that we change gears to release, here's the expectation that I had and move into, here's what's actually in front of me. Here's what's playing out. The less fear and frustration we carry with us in our bodies and in our lives. And the more we're able to just enjoy what is, to just be present with what's actually happening in our lives. And it reminds me of, I was having a conversation with somebody that had come to visit me and we were, you know, going around and shopping and looking at different things in that beautiful, chaotic, bizarre, right? And, and as we were walking there, she was saying, okay, so you know, how do you not know, how do you know if you're getting ripped off for prices, 
right? Everybody knows you're not from here. You don't speak the language. How do you know that people aren't overcharging you for things that you're wanting to buy? And I said to her, because I could feel kind of her nervous energy coming off of her as she's kind of looking for control, right? How do I feel? How do I get to a place where I'm in control? And so often we're looking for that outside of ourselves. And what I said to her when she asked this question of, you know, how do you know you're not being ripped off? I said, I don't. (laughs) I don't know if they're overcharging me. What I do know is what I'm willing to pay. And when we look at this, so often we're looking for control outside of ourselves. I need to know, are they charging me more than what they would have charged a local person, right? Because I look like a tourist, right? And we can kind of go to this place of, the truth is, I'm never going to know that for sure. And also, it actually doesn't even matter It doesn't even matter. That's an ego kind of goal that wants safety and security based on how outside people are treating me. In reality, my deepest depths of power and control come from knowing where I stand. It doesn't matter what they're going to charge me. The only thing that matters is how much I'm actually willing to pay. (laughs) Does it actually feel good? Will I be happy bringing home this big copper plate, right? That I'm so in love with. If I felt like I paid something, I'm actually comfortable paying for it. Nobody can make you pay more, (laughs) right? So the more we kind of check in and just, again, it's like this relationship with self. Surrendering control And within that, finding the real truth of things, it doesn't really matter what I got for lunch, right? I'm fed, I'm fine, I maybe had to refresh my expectations, but I can sit here and be grumpy and pout kind of like a child because I didn't get exactly what I wanted, or I can move on and say this is part of the experience, And I would see people really clinging to and really getting stuck on, here's how it should go, right? Here's my expectations of how something should unfold, which gets also really ethnocentric when we're looking at, you know, interacting with foreign countries or different cultures, right? Because our perceptions of how things should go is often very cultural. And so again, just this opportunity to look at where can you surrender control, Because I would argue that a lot of the time, it doesn't even matter the thing that you're letting go of. It's less meaningful and less appealing than what it is that you're actually trying to hold on to or create for yourself, which is often a sense of our own safety and our own security and our own power. So what if we just move directly to that place? I'm willing to let go of the image in my head of how I thought that something should unfold. And I'm willing to connect with the truth of this moment. I have food. It's not the lunch I thought, but it's fine. Right? Just as a trivial kind of example of that. The other thing I really learned and took home from that experience is our language and our words are so less important than we think they are. (laughs) I spent years navigating a country where I barely spoke the language at all. And 
a lot of the time it didn't really matter. Because what I realized that we're tapping into instead, the much more important thing is that our energy and our actions actually reveal the most important information. And that's certainly true as I'm navigating and trying to tell, you know, as I'm in different places, especially as a lone female traveler at times, you know, am I safe here? Is it, am I welcome here? Is it okay that I'm in some of these spaces or places? And as we move back into this idea that it's not the words that are revealing information to me that people are saying, it's the energy in the room. And again, I was walking with a friend of mine uh, through the Camaralty market, that busy, beautiful bazaar. It just stands out to me right now with all its colors and spices and smells and amazingness. And it can be loud and chaotic and very stimulating, right? And my friend was getting really anxious as we were moving through that. And so I kind of took her out through like a, a more quieter path. And she was like, wow, that was really intense. Like, and I could tell she was stressed because we had gone through like a very busy part of the market where people try to entice you to come in for chai and tea and come into their little tea shops. But they do that by like coming really up close into your space as you're walking through these narrow, narrow little crowded corridors. And I was like, yeah. And when you check in, did it feel unsafe or did it just feel like a lot of sensory coming at you? And she's like, no, it didn't feel unsafe. And I'm like, and isn't that the coolest, most important thing to be able to just step back and realize when our system is kind of overloaded, right? We often kind of miss the most important thing, which is even though this is unfamiliar, I'm actually fine. I'm not actually sensing danger or threat in this environment. I'm just responding to the fact that there's a lot of stimulation and my brain is processing a lot of new things all at once, right? But when we look at this, I see this phenomenon where in some ways we almost overprivilege words and language in our relationships, in our conflicts, in our conversations. And I see this happen time and time again, as I think about clients that I worked with that are in probably really toxic relationships or really toxic dating situations. And the person's words are saying, yes, I want to see you. Yes, I want to meet up with you. Oh, you're so great. You're so beautiful. But their actions are saying, I'm not actually available <laughs> for an equal, respectful, loving connection, right? Their actions are saying, actually, my life is about something really different than that. But we ignore the energy. We ignore the proof and facts of what the actions are showing, and we get lost in the words. And what I often think of is that you know, the energy is so important and our bodies, our systems are picking up on all of that faster than our brains, our conscious minds are actually able to like process that and come up with like, here's the meaning of what's happening right now. Our bodies are often responding. And you'll notice that as you're talking to different people, even when you think about like, Think about like a recent conversation you had with somebody you didn't really vibe with, 
right? That didn't really connect with you for whatever reason, our bodies often tense up. And even though the words of what's happening in that conversation might be totally pleasant, totally fine, our bodies are tense and actually stepping away (laughs) before we even consciously tell ourselves, I'm not really into this person or something feels off or not good for me here. Before our minds can even process that, we're often physically inching away. And so, so beautiful to start to really notice what is happening at that body level, what is happening at that energy level. And one of the ways that this plays out for me in my daily life is do you ever find yourself where you're like trying to decide what to do with this bit of time that you have available, right? And like on my cerebral mind, I'm like, okay, I could be doing this. I could be doing this. I could be doing that. And often that's like, should I go out and do this thing? Or like, should I stay home? And what I'll notice (laughs) is what is my body doing? What actions are my body taking? Is my body taking as my mind is still doing that ping pong ball of like, should I or shouldn't I go? And I'll notice, oh, I've actually like got my car keys ready. (laughs) I've actually like started to get dressed before I've even consciously made the decision. Or I'll notice I've made a cup of tea. I've started to like clean or organize something in my house, right? Our body is often giving us information on what is true for us or what is needed for us, what is right for us before our minds can consciously catch up. So start to notice if you have those experiences, notice what your body's doing in those moments of even should I or shouldn't I, right? And the last thing that I think of that I really learned from that experience of living in a different country, in a different culture, in a different social landscape is that you cannot override the importance of your environment. And this reminds me of this quote I saw, this like poster somewhere ages ago. And it said, Before you diagnose yourself with depression, make sure you're not just surrounded by jerks. And I really love that because I feel like there's a lot of truth in that. And of course, yes, there's a whole chemical part of depression, absolutely. So not at all to minimize the very real and true phenomenon of that. But I think we often don't step back and really look at What is the emotional, mental toll of the environment I'm in, of my social landscape? Because instead, what we do is, instead of saying, this does not really jive for me, I don't really feel like I belong in this setting or with these people, I don't really feel understood or valued or respected in those spaces. Instead of consciously kind of mapping it out, what we tend to do is just subconsciously self-attack. And then we say things to ourselves like, 
I don't know why this is bothering me so much when this person said this or did this. Maybe it's no big deal. I don't know why I'm being so sensitive to this, right? I should just let it go. And this shouldn't bother me so much. I should just be able to be fine. And I think that there's times when we're in a situation where we're kind of locked in there for whatever reason, and we do just need to be able to find a way to kind of endure and be as okay as we can, whether that's a job that you can't actually, you know, that you still need, right, as you look for a different job or whatever that is, or, you know, family relationships that you can't actually create that much distance from for whatever reason, right? There's these times where, yes, we have to look at how do I navigate and keep myself okay in an environment and in a social environment that doesn't feel right for me. But I think this is so big. This question of who are you spending your time with? Are they people that make you feel like it's safe and good and wanted to be who you are? Or are they people that make you walk away questioning yourself, (laughs) falling into this place of like, what was that? And spending all kinds of time and energy trying to make sense of, you know, those interactions. Because I believe that, you know, there may be times where we have to endure that and navigate that. But at the end of the day, there's a wear and tear that happens on us mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, when we're in a social environment that doesn't support us. When we're in a social environment that invalidates who we naturally are. And so as you think about the circles that you're moving through, just check in. Are there spaces or places where you have to kind of be more or less of who you are and what you're about? Are there spaces or places where you have to dial yourself up, right? Somehow armor up, get bigger, get louder. Or are there spaces where you have to somehow tone it down and make yourself smaller, non-threatening, less intimidating, (laughs) not ruffling any feathers. So just kind of check in and see if you can kind of let yourself move out of this place of self-criticism. I should be able to just be fine. This shouldn't really bother me so much. And instead stepping into a place of what if you're just fine and okay the way you are? And what if we just need human connections that feel easy, gentle, fun, flow? So I would love to hear your thoughts on all of this. What stood out to you? Feel free to send me a DM and let me know what hit home for you in this or what part that you're taking into your week. And it would mean so much to me if you want to support this podcast and my work, if you took a screenshot and shared this on your social media and tagged me, I'm at with love April, that would mean so much. Or you could leave me a review 
that would also be amazing. And I'd appreciate that. That helps me in this work very much. More than you can know. Thank you. I'll take care. Bye-bye.